You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart, Obi Ekoeme. Romans 8, 17, 18, 19. Let's read together at the count of three. One, two, three, go. And if we are his children, then we are his hearers, also hearers of God and fellow hearers with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred on us for even the whole creation all nature waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known waits for the revealing the disclosing of their sonship the amplified version says the entire world groans travails in pain waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God for an assignment this morning growing up sons part number one and for a subtitle kingdom principles for making Christ like disciples kingdom principles for making Christ like disciples but for a title growing up sons part number one our Father, it is truly unto you again we'll gather under this open heavens on the very first Sunday of this beautiful month. We'll gather to celebrate you for your wonders, your grace, your goodness over us. We're grateful, we're thankful. I beseech you, my Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven again and anoint the lips and the tongues of clay of your seven sons that I will come to your people with nothing but a thus said the Lord and a word from the throne of grace. I hide myself, my frailties and weaknesses behind the sacred desk, behind the cross, that I decrease, that you increase. Let devils be terrified, let your church be edified, and let you, Jesus, alone be glorified. With us always to return the praise, the glory, and the honor back unto you. In Jesus' wondrous name we have prayed. Somebody shout a big amen. You may please be seated in God's wonderful presence. Hallelujah. Dearly beloved, one of the greatest joys in a home, in a family, is the joy that comes when a baby is born into that, into that family. As a matter of fact, when people give birth to babies, they refer to their babies as a bundle of joy. To be told, there is a kind of joy that can be qualified or quantified when a baby is born. Brings an occasion for celebration when new life is brought into a home. This kind of joy knows no bounds or limits. It's interesting that every baby that is born, you 
exclaim, what a beautiful baby. Could be black, white, tall, nose mangled, tangled. But just the fact that life has been brought into our world, it is truly a beautiful thing to behold. The Bible makes it clear that a woman who is pregnant and who is at the point of delivery undergoes what is known and called as labor pains or labor pangs. We are told also, for those who have carried babies before biologically, that shortly after the birth of the baby has occurred, that the joy that attends the mother's life literally wipes away, literally in a flash, the pain she went through only a few seconds, minutes, moments ago to bring to birth that baby. So the joy that comes as a result of the birth of the baby literally nullifies and cancels the pain it took for the baby to be born. Beloved, a church that will stay fresh, stay vibrant on the cutting edge of what God is doing is a church that will at the same time also emphasize on the need for witness and evangelism. Because the similar joy that occurs in a family when a baby is born is a likewise joy that occurs when a spiritual baby is born to a spiritual family like this. A time an unbeliever responds to Christ, it brings tremendous joy not only in the earth amongst the church members but in the heavens. Bible declares that when one sinner is saved, heavens, I'm paraphrasing now, heaven throws a party literally. That joy and a party is thrown in heaven when a soul or a sinner is saved. So again, when a child or a believer is born, or better say, when, a, when an unbeliever is born again in a church, it brings with it joy, refreshment. That's why if you're in a church that is not emphasizing evangelism and mission, and people don't go out to witness, after a while, the church will become stale, dry. Because as it were, uh, all the anointing is circulating amongst just a people. While that anointing is supposed to grow the church, to act to the church, we find in the first century church, the Bible declares in Acts 2, 47, and praising God and having a favor with God, and the Lord added, my God, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So the addition to a church like this of people getting born again brings joy, brings excitement. It keeps the fire of revival burning. Hallelujah. This is why as a house of revival, we must consistently continually emphasize the need for every man to be a minister and every man to be a soul winner and a witness. The business of witnessing is not for a preacher, not for the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. It's for the entirety of the body of Christ. If you're born again, you have a testimony and you have a witness. Once I was blind, now I see. I see on account of encountering Jesus. You don't have to know Greek or Hebrew to be able to preach or to witness you're just simply witnessing that you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. One of the simplest ways to be a witness of the love of Jesus is to tell men and women where you were and what God did for you. How you encountered Jesus and the testimony thereof in your life. And once they can see it, they want to follow you to where it is you met Jesus. Saints, whilst the joy that comes with giving birth or having a new baby is... Something that is unquantifiable, unfathomable. Uh, that joy soon becomes truncated or challenged at ease when the child of the baby born does not grow as the child is expected to grow. 
As a pastor, in the course of my duties as a pastor, I've had the occasion to have people call me or come for counseling and tell me, oh man of God, I have this child, he or she is two years old, uh, but, 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 but he or she behaves as though he or she is three months old, or she is four, it's not yet walking, or he is five, not yet walking, and it's a real challenge. Because that baby was a gift and is a gift. The Bible declares, by the way, that the blessings of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow whatsoever. So whatever the Lord does for you, it's supposed to, or better still, no, it comes without a sorrow. Somebody said a big amen. So when you face that kind of challenge that you have a baby, but the baby is not attaining particular milestones as designed by God, it's a concern for mother, concern for father. And you have to look closely at that and go into uh, a quick inquiry as to what to do to remedy the situation and the circumstance. Because a baby is not born to remain a baby. A baby is born to grow. So for one month, you're glad carrying the baby, swinging the baby and singing all of the hymns. Three months, five, six months, one year, two years, you don't want to carry your baby at three, four, five, swinging like this. Your baby at three, four should be walking and running. Praise the Lord, somebody. Whilst that is true in the realm of the physical, beloved, it's equally true in the realm of the spiritual. Which is to say, when you are born again, God didn't just have you born again to remain just a baby. God brought you into the kingdom as a baby, but to grow into maturity and sonship. So we read in our text that the entire creature grows travails in pain, waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God. God designed you to grow to spiritual maturity and to grow to sonship. Let's read Hebrews 5.12 together. I want to be very intentional in the next few weeks to do more of teaching very intentionally as we undergird, uh, uh, undertake this very weighty subject called sonship or discipleship. I don't want you to lose uh, from the serious of the matter uh, out of the excitement of the moment. So I'm going to be very deliberate to teach in this next few days. So Hebrews 5.12 let's read together. For when the time you ought to be teachers you have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat for every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. All right. For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers or instructors. The Bible says, you have need that another teach you. Is it wrong to be taught? No. But the principle is this. There ought to be a time when you are not just receiving, but you are the point where you are beginning to give. 
You ought to be in a place in time where you're not just being blessed, quote unquote, right? I use that word very loosely, right? But you are also in a position to be a source of blessing. The promise that Abraham got was not that he will be blessed only. He says, I will bless you and make you a blessing. All right. So where you are just in the position of receiving only, right, after a while, if all you do is to receive and you don't give out, you'll be likened to the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is dead because it's dead. It's thick. There's no movement. It receives but doesn't let go. So likewise, if you have this mentality that all about the Christian walk is to receive, you may actually be in a place where you become stale and lack freshness. Ah, yeah, yeah. There is a freshness that comes when you release kayadobolas. That is really what the Bible means by saying it is more blessed to give than to receive. But in the natural, as far as most human beings are concerned, it's more blessed to receive than to give. But when you begin to give, you begin to be empowered to be blessed at the next level. Yeah, 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 yeah. So givers are never lackers. Praise the Lord, somebody. What am I saying? When you ought to be teachers, you have need that you be taught again. So there comes a point in time in your walk with God where you shouldn't be satisfied with just being a bench warmer or a pew warmer only, but, but, but you ought to ask yourself, I've been in the kingdom this long, what is my value in the kingdom? What is my contribution? What is my quota? My God. I've used this illustration before and I'll use it again. That I, we're blessed with four children at home. First is 20, next 18, next 16, the next is 10. I mean, when they were all little toddlers, as far as they were concerned, life was about what mom and dad had to offer. But as they began to grow, they began to see that life is not only about receiving, but it's about giving. That there is an element of life that has to do with responsibility. So from time to time, each of them will ask, Mom, what can I do for you? I mean, it's bliss to have my daughter barge into my room and say, Dad, do you want anything? And you wonder, 10-year-old asking me, do I want anything? What could you offer me? But that is showing a sense of responsibility going beyond just being in a place to receive milk. I want to contribute. Ay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't just want the church to grow. I want my quota to be there. I don't just want to hear testimony about how somebody gave to the building project. I want to be the giver. I don't just want to hear the testimony of how somebody gave towards uh, Reha IC or Reha CC or the gathering or GPN. I want to be the one that is being doing the giving. Am I talking here, somebody? You see, if you don't grow in that mindset, you will at the best remain what is known as a victim mentality. And a victim has this sense of feeling that I am in need, that everybody has to point to my need. 
You see, the truth be told is even when you are in need, listen, there's a principle. You can give your way out of your need. My goodness, God. You can give your way out of lack and poverty. Mm. There is always something you have to give. The prophet asked the widow, what do you have in your house? You want me to perform a miracle, but I, I'm not a magician. Uh, miracles are wrought with something in hand. There has to be a five loaves to fish. Then the master will lift it up, break it, and give. It will multiply. That's a miracle. It will be hocus pocus or magic if nothing brought something or something brought nothing. Hello, somebody. So he asked, what do you have in your house? Like most people, you despise what is left. She said, uh, I have nothing. And I think the man of God asked her again, think again. Look closer. There might be a dime. There might be a dollar. There might be a cobble. There might be a naira. There's something. You know why? God will never allow the devil to take everything. Something must remain out of his love. He said, strengthen the things that remain. So no matter what you've lost in life, there's something remaining. It may not be money. It's a jump. It's a dance. It's a clap. It's a shout. It's, it's giving your time and your energy. It's serving. It's washing the floor. There's something remaining that if you please, kados kataya, in the hand of God, he will multiply it. So, please, go beyond just having a needs mentality. It's all about myself. If you have that mentality, you'll be at the place of needing for too long. Somebody once said, those who throw pity parties, who desire to be pitied, they remain in the pit of life. Listen, where you are, and you may be complaining, is somebody's dream come true tell you something. Your prayer point is somebody's miracle. Hallelujah. When you ought to be teachers, how many that you be taught? The Bible identifies the difference between a Christian, which is a child of God, that is a babe. And when I read that word babe, I think of many things as a babe. You know, this day and age, well, that's, a, that's a fine babe. You know, it's not that kind of babe. It's a little child called babe. All right. <laughs> Ah. There's a difference between a babe, a baby, if you like, with a son. And a son is not gender sensitive. I don't, ladies don't feel bad. A son is not both male and female. Just maturity. Speaks of maturity. So the entire world groans, travails, waiting earnestly for the manifestation of sons. Not men only. No. Mature believers are called sons. We look at Apostle Paul identifying three things that can help you tell whether you are in the babyhood stage or you are growing to sonship stage. First, Corinthians 13, 11. Please turn, please write. I've already given you a clue this season that I am going to do quite a bit more of teaching than preaching. First Corinthians 13, 11. Are you there? Oh, give me a yes. All right. Let's read together again. One verse, 13, 11. When I was a child, wow, I understood. No, 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 sorry, I'm sorry. I speak as a child. 
I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Hey. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Please look into the eyes of another. Say, please get rid of childish stuff. Get rid of childish stuff. The first thing he identifies that makes a child a child is by his speech. By his speech or by his words. Mm. A child will speak unbelief, doubt, and fear. A child will live only for the moment. A child will hardly see beyond the now. A child will not anticipate that beyond your toys, your games, your Lego, Disney World, there's a life that will happen in 5, 10, 20 years. So the world of a child is confined and constrained to just the environment. It's a child. A child can be in a building like this and say, why are we building? There's no point. A child will tell you, why do we bother with such events as the gathering? Why invest so much in a one night of prayer and praise? My question is, if Solomon in the Old Testament had enough wisdom to slay 1,000 sacrifices in one day for El Elyon, how much more New Testament saints that are ransomed from the grave? And if you thought the sacrifice of Solomon displeased God, you're wrong. He smelled the sacrifice and said, hey, I have a blank check. What do you want? So your sacrifice, when they accepted, oh my God, gains heaven's attention. So a child lives for the now. His words are just for the now. Not just his words, but his understanding is so limited. I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. His thinking is very, very elemental. But a man will think differently. A man will speak differently. A man will speak into the future as the Bible declares that God calls the things that be not as though they were. Kaya Dagabola. So a man will look into the future from a, from a now that looks looks like a dead end. Would declare, no, this ain't no dead end, it's a bend. This is no obstacle, it's a stepping stone for the miraculous. When the doors are shut, he knows seven doors are open. That's a man. Kadayada. A man will say, I'm 49, I am married, I'm still going to carry my babies. That's a man. He calls the things that be not as though they are. He knows it's not over until it's over. And I believe that God is raising men in this house. Men who will think differently. Men who will understand differently. Men who what? Will talk differently. Will look at a Nigeria like they say, no, 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 no. A new nation just emerged. We don't talk down on the country. We talk up. Why? We are men. We are gatekeepers. We are watchmen in the city. Hallelujah. Again, we identify a child from a baby based on its diet. Diet. Turn to First Peter 2, 1 to 2. 
diet. Diet. A baby is not given to bones and meat. It will be harmful for a baby to eat bones and meat. First Peter 2, 1 to 2. Please write. Let's read together again. Very intentional. Let's go. One, two, three, go. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So the sincere milk of the word is the diet for baby Christians. It's not bad. It's wonderful when you're a baby to have good quality milk that gives you protein needed for your growth and development. But at 12, at 18, at 25, you need a bit more than milk. You need meat. You need bones to develop your body, your body mass. Not just is milk the diet of babies. Preceding that, we see the kind of things that are common traits or character flaws of babies. Listen carefully. He said, lay aside. What are they? Malice. When you see a Christian, after 30 years of being born again, easily keep malice. Forget he claims he has been born again for 30 years. Those are traits of a baby Christian. Uh -huh. Yes, sir. Look at this. Guile. Bitterness. Do you know I've been born for 30 years? 20 years? No, no, no. It's not the number. It's the character traits. Are you toying with bitterness, husband and wife? Toying with strife and envy? My own is better than your own. Those are traits of You've been in the baby class. You haven't left there just yet. Praise God. I'm not saying you may not struggle these things here and there. But when it's a character trait, you're known for a man of bitterness and strife and envy and malice. Uh -uh. You're in the baby class. Hypocrisy. Envy. Evil speakings. It's easy to run down somebody else. We live in a generation where we need to teach people how to honor leaders. It's not as easy to stand into leadership position in the body of Christ as some people think. So if you see anybody standing there, give them honor whom honor is due. Don't be quick to criticize. The one who throws stones at people Watch out if you live in a glass house. Honor. Don't speak evil. If you can't speak good, refrain from speaking evil. Hallelujah. Jesus, as newborn babes, we're to desire the sincere milk of the word. Again, we'll see in 1 Corinthians 3, 1-3, some more character traits that help us to identify between a baby and a son. Let's go there. First Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. Let's go back home and go through the scriptures. 
First Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. I'll wait till you're hearing this time around. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Not ritual, oh, spiritual. But as unto carnal, even as unto babes. See that word babes again in Christ? Underscore the word babe. We're going somewhere with this. Huh? Babes in Christ. <laughs> I have fed you with milk and not with meat. You see the distinct, distinctive diet again. Milk, not meat. Why? For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Wow. Neither yet now are you able. That means, in a sense, God knows, please listen, God knows the spiritual level any individual and any local assembly has attained. Track with me. And the feeding of that church, that individual, will be telling me to where they are in the journey. Wow. So, there are treasures, there are depths in the word, in the spirit, that God has for you as an individual. There are mysteries he has for us as a church. He desires to reveal and unveil, but guess what? He is waiting for us to grow up into sonship. Wow, Kodayana. Many times... We say and we think we are waiting upon God to show up for us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I am waiting for God to bring the breakthrough, to bring the promotion, to bring the lifting, to bring this, bring that. But, but, but could it be that as you think that God is waiting for you, hey, hey, or you are waiting for God, God is really waiting for you. Why? He is waiting for you to grow up because he won't put the wonder of the rod of rulership or authority in the hand of a baby. We've been talking about revive for glory. Glory is not for baby Christians. Glory is for sons. Romans 8, 19. God is waiting for the arising of sons. <laughs> Not just that, the world, Kodiadaka, the world outside the church is waiting for the arising of sons. Not just babies. Babies, by the virtue of their dappers, their poo-poo, their mess-ups, here and there, cannot impress the world. But the world will be impressed when the people grow into maturity and have in their hand the wonder or the rod of authority. They can really say, hey, you've got our attention. And I believe that sons are emerging from this house. People who will not be pushed to and fro by any and every wind of doctrine. But they're established on the word of the living God. Sons. Mm. The world is waiting. The world is waiting. All right. First Corinthians 3 verse 1. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I, brethren, help me, Lord Jesus, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto what? 
Oh, come on, church. What? Carnal. Carnal. So we're contrasting being a spiritual Christian <laughs> and being what? A carnal Christian. Said, Even as unto babes in Christ. Ah. Please. Please. Time does not guarantee spiritual growth. Let me put it this way. The passage of time only does not guarantee spiritual growth. Do you know we've been in the church for five years, three years, ten years? It may mean nothing if those years have not translated to spiritual growth and development. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Just like time does not guarantee that a baby will necessarily grow and meet the right milestones. He or she must be on the right diet. He or she must be given to the right exercise. Then time will be used, applicable to ensure normal growth. Likewise, for a spiritual person, you must be given to the right diet. And you must apply yourself to the right discipline or right exercise. Then time will bring spiritual growth. I want to ask you, you've been in this church for three months, six months, one year, 12, 12 months, th two years, three years. Ask yourself sincerely, have you really grown? I want to believe you've grown spiritually. I want to believe that the things that were bothered to you one year ago is no longer bothered to you. I want to believe in your house, in your families, where you are going through strife, envy, jealousy. It's, it's, the, the threshold is coming down. I want to believe that where you are suffering jealousy, envy, that it is coming down. I want to believe that where you are under pressure by the world system to impress and be depressed is coming down. Those are signs of growth. Spiritual growth is not necessarily indicated by cows and cars. No, it's to what degree and to what level you've conformed to the image of Christ. Because the image we're growing into is Christ, Christos, the anointed and his anointed. Wow. You've heard me say over and over that God is not as much interested in your comfort as much as is interested in your conformity to the image of Christ. Wow. Do you hear me? I hope these words are simmering deep inside you. These are words that will keep you for the long haul. This Janglova hip-hop thing doesn't work. It's a dangerous thing. It's not enough to be pumped up and excited. Whoa, wow, whoa, wow. When you go out in the world, you meet a real devil. You need more than whoa, wow. You need substance here. Principles that anchor your heart. So when a woman pats her leg for you, like Joseph, you need more than the last time you shouted in the church. You need Christian principles and character that tells you the glory beyond this nonsense is more. I can't drop that glory. The Bible says Moses forsook being numbered and answered as a son of Pharaoh to agreeing to suffer with the children of Israel. Why? He saw the glory beyond the suffering. 
When a man throws one million naira at your laps just for lunch and walks away for nothing, it looks like he may come back to ask for something. And you may think you're that strong, but if you're sincere, rewind again and see where you thought you were so strong and so powerful, but you You can interpret my tongues there. I thought I was powerful. No. Character. So you find that character is not made in the palace. Character is made in the wilderness. Write this down. <laughs> if you get into your palace without going through the wilderness experience, being trained there, the palace may eject you. Kodaya. I have a word for somebody under the sound of my voice. You like David. You've been going through your weirdest moment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. More bills than money. Things look like they've delayed. You're wondering, when will God show up? Is God still there? Does he still remember my name? Has he forgotten me? I have a word for you. You are being trained for reigning. You are in the wild with your father's sheep being trained for the palace because the day will come when the palace will call for you. Will you be ready based on character? Wow, I feel like preaching myself happy. Ah, yeah, yeah. It was said concerning John the Baptist. I believe Luke 180. He was in the wilderness until the time of his showing for doing what? Being trained. Being trained to be a voice. Being trained. So I'm not the one. I'm just a voice. What voice? I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. What? Wilderness. Don't short circuit your wilderness process. It's training for reigning. Wow. People have left the city God placed them in to bless them because they thought Lagos, Abuja was green. They got into the city that looked lush and they suffered. <laughs> it's not how it looks. It's where God has planted you. People have left churches where they were being trained to reign like this. Felt the word was too hard and too harsh. I want the microwave give me quick miracles. Zibo, zibo, now, now, fire, 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 fire. And they went to fire, fire, fire. They entered fire, 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 fire. We live in a generation where we want things quick and now. But there's nowhere in the scriptures that God operates in that manner. Listen, let me just jump at this. Discipleship is the God-ordained pathway to develop and to train his children from babyhood to sonship. Somebody say discipleship. Please say discipleship. Even from the sound of the word, you can tell it's not a very palatable word. Right? 
Because the word discipleship has the same root as the word discipline. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train a child. Wow. Train up a child in the way he should go. Right? And when he is old or older, he will not depart from it. So there's something called child training. That word train has to do or includes the word discipline. Training is not without discipline. Discipline is a part of the process of training. Stay with me. If you're not willing to be disciplined, you're not willing to be trained, and you're not willing to be discipled, and you're not willing to grow up. And it means if you're not trained, that when you grow up, you will depart from the right way. So when you find a man or a woman who will discipline you, and though you may not like it when you're being disciplined, listen, in time to come, you will look back and thank God for the man, the woman, the pastor he put in your life five years ago, ten years ago, that acted as a restraining order from your folly and laundry. That applied breaks from you going cuckoo or going overboard. Today, I bless God for the father, biological God gave me. Worked hard. A genius, by my estimation, eight degrees. And his place in the nation's uh, 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 polity. But we were raised under very disciplined measures. At that time, I thought this wicked rich man who would not let me enjoy his money. Look at my friends driving this, flying here and there, first class, business class. I'm stuck in this economy even when I get to find one to go anywhere. Discipline will hardly raise a finger to open any door. You will get the degree and the grades. Go and, go and find school yourself. You must pass enough to pass. He's a wicked guy. But today I look and say, my goodness gracious, thank God for such a man. Thank God for the teacher who disciplined you. Didn't like him then. Thank God for the husband or the wife who lovingly put restraint around you. At that time, you didn't... Let me not go there now. You know, sometimes as a husband, you may be tempted to go a little bit overboard and go a bit off, off bolt. But if you have a good wife, honey, no, 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 come back. No, 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 come, come, come. I know you want to... Lovingly. Train a child in the way he ought to go when he's old. When he's important. Ah. That's why hardly do you find second generation leaders. One rich generation, the next one is poor. Why? No discipline. They are spoiled rotten. They had everything and anything. I think that's my personal opinion. It is error. To put a five-year-old boy in a business class seat. That's my personal opinion. It may not be in Bible. Eight, ten thousand dollars? A three-year-old boy? Twelve, seven-year-old boy? For what? Give that money to the poor for that rich. 
He can't, the boy can't eat, drink wine. He can't eat the food three, four years. But yet, to prove a point, I'm a big man. Big man what? That kind of child, if he has nothing by 12, he wants you dead. Daddy, go and die. Go and die. 12, 15. Oh man, oh man, clear out. Let's. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. Ah. Discipleship. Let's close with this scripture. It's a serious matter. This is one, in my opinion, one of the undoings of the present day church. You know, I told you last Sunday about three things based on the syllabus that is 40 with that syllabus compared. What are they? Number one is what? You forgot already. Three things that it, wrong syllabus, yes? Needs what? Thank you. Number one, needs mentality, right? Number two is what? I didn't hear you. What's that? Do it for me mentality, correct? Number three is what? Eh? Thank you. You see, it's a class. I've transformed to be a teacher now. At least you know, by God's grace, you know I can preach a little bit. Just a little bit. But I'm a teacher. We have to get this thing. You know why? You see why it's soon in Galatians 4. If we don't get it, God will not be in a hurry to put in our hands the rod of authority. But the fourth thing I want to mention to add to the three is lack of emphasis on discipleship. Discipleship. Listen. The word disciple in the New Testament is mentioned 269 times. Two, six, nine times. The word Christian is mentioned either three or two times. And the word believer is mentioned either two or three times. Not sure what is the difference now, but either two or three. So believer, two. Christian, three. But the word disciple is mentioned two, six, nine times. That is showing you the import of the word disciple. Jesus did not just come to save people and get them born again. No. He came to make disciples of men. So three levels of your connection to Jesus. Number one, he says, come to me. So we come to him in the new birth experience. We embrace him as savior. But as we come to him, he wants you to be with me. So when he called the disciples, he said, come to me. That's number one step. Number two, be with me. That's discipleship. Number three, go and make disciples. So come to me, be with me, and go for me. Wow. Write that down. Come to me, be with me, and go for me. Sounds like a gear system. Gather, equip, activate, and release. That must be in your mind. Have you come? Are you with him? Are you going for him? It's God's ordained pathway to Christian maturity. Finally, let's quickly read Galatians 4. I will go into the table of covenant very quickly. Galatians 4, 1 to 3. Father, we thank you. We receive grace to grow up as sons. Hallelujah. Now I say that the here, as long as he's a child... 
deferreth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. But is under teachers and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage. Children, children, children of who? Of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Children were in bondage under the element of the world. So you can be and hear. That means you have the blood of royalty flowing through your veins, child of God. But as long as you're a child, wow, you're under tutors and governors to train you. Remember? Proverbs 22 verse 6. To train you until you come to sonship maturity. So as you're waiting for God, God is waiting for you. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic dot org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.